0: Hey, hello, welcome. How is everybody? How are we? Another week in the ever-changing world. Slowly we morph into a, uh, in a a kind of silent agreement that we're keeping our distance from one another. And It just sets in. Really weird, but I don't want to dwell on that. Um, I've been trying to get away from that as much as possible just by not paying attention. We don't have the telly. We don't have the news. We don't have newspapers, magazines. We just don't... We don't allow it in directly. Obviously, things come around. We check in on YouTube. We check in and see, you know, what the what the uh, official people are saying in the uh, Downing Street house there. Um... But yeah essentially just trying to remain positive remain vigilant remain open-minded and as i've said many times on these intros uh, during this period you know just trusting my instincts and and my gut and my wife and with our children one of which um those situations came around in the last uh, week or so which was you know we were sort of talking to the schools in a group sort of email with all the, the parents and some of the teachers about, you know, what do we think about the kids going back? And if they go back, what would be this scenario? And social distancing, and how do we feel? And, you know, is, is it, or, you know, is a percentage of us sort of leaning towards, yeah, let's get them back or not? And <clears throat> my wife and I were kind of spent some time with it and just keep coming back to our gut feeling that I think four, five, six year olds learning in their everyday lives to be separate from one another to keep distance to not have contact to wear specific paraphernalia is I think detrimental in the long term I don't think it's something that we'll do for you know a couple of months and then the kids will down the gloves and down the hats and get back to sitting next to each other and playing nicely and sort of I think at the age that they're at where they're developing those fundamental grounding subconscious behaviors they're learning all the time and and how to integrate into their peer groups and human contact you know it's I think it has a glitch in the in the in their matrix that doesn't go away I think if you look at a lot of psychology and a lot of trauma you know you children who aren't in receipt of Love and nurture and support and care in their formative toddler years, you know, sort of cradle to seven, eight, ten, you know, around there, you know, that when they don't receive that, just touch, you know, um, and and being recognised, being seen, being heard, being able to cuddle, you know, all of these things that seem just, you know, they just we just take them for granted. We don't even consider these things, you know but what you, you tend to see is that those children don't develop the ability to be able to, to give and receive those behaviours as they get older. You know, they, they struggle to, I myself have struggled with that, you know. I didn't come from a, you know, a, a kind of a tactile, loving, close family unit in, in that way, you know, and... It's Yeah, I think I've definitely struggled with my intimacy and my ability to give and receive love and, you know, looking around myself over the years and recognising barriers I've built and protection mechanisms and, you know, I think sending kids into schools at four and five and six now and having them separated and following kind of difficult protocol that just goes against all of their natural instincts, I think it's... Yeah, for us, we've said, no, we're going to, we're going to swoop, swerve that one. We're going to continue doing what we're doing, which is enjoying the time together, teaching the, teaching the kids at home through both, you know, reading and writing and sitting at the table and going through sort of school procedures, but mainly being out and about and using the time together to get out and do things. And some of those things we've been doing, we've been, I've been, um to segue slightly, I've been Again, the same same thing really, you know, trying to live live life as, as normally as possible at this time and one of the things that I've been doing, I, I went a friend of mine, friend of the show now, um, David McGregor, episode nine, is an outdoorsman and we get out as a family sort of pedestrianly, you know, we are out walking a lot and we'll always be in parks and we get out as much as we can, but David gets out on his own, solo a lot and also with his family and his three daughters and they get out and they go off into the the wild on their own you know wild camping and finding places and taking care of themselves and you know i went out with him he took me out about a month ago now and i'm going to put that out it's probably going to be next week's episode actually i'm probably going to have a week off um from the schedule we've built up now which is pretty crazy with, with video which i'll get to with youtube and stuff um because actually I'm going out again this weekend, I'm going out twice while camping this weekend. So I've been doing that with David and it's been fantastic and we recorded, I just turned my phone on. I sort of I thought to myself, when we were out on this first trip, I thought, Oh wow, we were we were an hour into conversation and it was just beautiful. We were laid down, eyes shut, you know, just head to head, just chatting in the woods and all you could hear was just an orchestra and, you know, cacophony of just nature and nothingness and it was beautiful and we were having a really quite an intriguing chat so I, I I was a little bit intoxicated I'd had a couple of IPAs and and some strong CBD oil so I just sort of hit record on my voice memo on my phone and forgot about it and um yeah actually the next day when I got home and sort of unpacked my bag and checked all my stuff I thought oh yeah I hit the record and listened back to it and it was it was pretty cool I mean it's not the, you know it's not obviously quality of the audio that you're going to hear here but you know with the, all the ambience and the the fact that it's in the woods. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm gonna probably put that out next week. But yeah, we've been, we've been, um, we've been out again with my family, we went out last week. And with the kids, I just watched them. Number one, be free. Number two, explore without boundaries in any way. You know, and, and, I, and I just realized that so much learning's being done just by integrating into your environment, just by participating in as much natural law as is possible and without getting too deep and dragging this intro on too far, I mean it just I just recognise that, you know, the more we try to, to make things neat and tidy and tick it off and you know, pass that test and move on to the next one. We so much of it sort of gets left at the test. You know, it gets left in the textbook. We finished that book now we're on to this book. And there's obviously there's obviously worth in 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 all types of learning. But yeah, it just really occurred to me as we were in the forest, you know, we're a family, we're together, we're away from the grind, we're away from the technology, we're away from the electrical madness of the modern world, and we're just having to get back to some primal instincts and of course it's nothing like what a hunter gatherer or anything those things would be but it's 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 a nice way to sort of remind yourself that you're a human still and actually being in the woods with some water you know and a fire and some cover and a sleeping bag and a bit of music with your family and just yeah it's really 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 fucking powerful and made me think a lot and it's something that we're going to pursue and actually we're going out I'm going out again with David tonight so like I say the podcast that I'm going to put out next week is going to be the the camping episode from when we went about a month ago we're going out again tonight I might I might stick I might stick the, the recorder on I'm not sure we're going somewhere tonight we're going up in the peak district we're going to be swimming and stuff so we'll see how that goes but and then we're going out both of our families david's family and my family we're going to go out again on saturday and we're going we're going uh, a little bit further uh field and we're going to have a family time in the woods with, with the two families and and again you know i will be paying mind to how the kids integrate and and what we bring back from it um so that that's that that's that's really cool I'm really enjoying that and yeah like i say this crazy time we're in, just trying to extract the positives, trying to trust the instincts and trying to learn things about myself, about this environment, about the society and yeah, trying to extract the positives and, and make it the best we can. So I hope everybody out there is cool, I hope you're all good, um, the people who are, are listening, uh, we thank you, we're grateful, It's um, it's been yeah, an eye-opening time for all of us I think, so I hope everybody's well and healthy. Um, yeah, interesting time. So I mentioned YouTube there. YouTube's been going really great for us. I mean, I'm just adjusting to the schedule. Uh, for people who are subscribed on the YouTube, you'll have seen we we put a video up and welcomed producer Aiden, young Aiden, superstar. He's my uh, my stepdaughter's sort of. I want to say on-off boyfriend because they're these kind of modern smart kids who are recognised that they're both at universities in different parts of the country and they, you know, they, they care and love about one another, but they realise they're young and they're really, really smart and just trying to be, they're trying to do a difficult thing and manage a relationship and not make it too heavy, but obviously try and and not get caught in the, you know, all those difficult those difficult facets of trying to conduct a relationship, number one, at that age. Number two, when you're mindful of your education and you're trying to make sure that that priority stays in place. So those guys are, are doing a really great job of that and it's really inspiring to see. And and Aidan's a wonderful kid, um, super intelligent, really, really um, creatively mindful and academic and sweet. And he's a, a real a real asset to come in to chew the chat and he's got some brilliant ideas and we'll, we'll unravel them as time goes by. But yeah, uh, over on YouTube, we did a video and, uh, introduced Aidan and we've done a couple of podcasts together now and we're, we're trying to do, we're trying to work it so we can get one a week. So each podcast is filmed that we get to do in the studio, at least we're well not ones that I do remotely. um, so if you're not over at YouTube, if you just listen to these on audio, that's great, and we love it, but maybe check it out, or if you know people who do use YouTube, then get over there, hit the subscribe button, and uh, the notification bell, and you'll get you'll get notified every time we do something new, and we generally put the full episode out on a Friday, so what you hear on a Monday as you listen to this, or whenever you download it thereafter that, in, in that week, um, these will go out in video form on the Friday prior, so... Um, yeah, get over there, give us a sub on YouTube, share the links to your friends. Um, we, we clip a couple of little sort of taster uh, anecdotal stories from each episode. So one goes out prior, one goes out after just to promote the episodes, the full episodes. And it's, it's going great. And we've been premiering them. So we've been doing it as like a premiere on a Friday night around eight o'clock. And it's been cool because the last couple we've done at that time, it's been, you know, there's been a there's been a decent handful of people in there watching live and chatting in the in the live chat, which is cool. I like that about the premieres. You know, you can sit in there and, and, and it, you obviously get your notification. Once you, you're you a, a subscriber, you get a notification and then we're going live at 8 o'clock. The premiere goes live and then you can be in there and hit and chat and chatting with each other and stuff. And, yeah, it's been going great. It's like a nice sort of uh, Friday night kickback it's been, Um, so I appreciate everybody being in there, and like I say, yeah, tell a friend, share share a link, Um, so that's been going good. It's a pretty hefty bit of work to keep up with, it's certainly different to just dropping these audio podcasts, keeping up with the you know, the the videoing and the editing and putting it together and, and uploading it and just YouTube itself putting it in and titling it and putting in descriptions and keywords and trying to make sure everything marries up. It's a fucking job, but we're getting there and little by little we're we we're, we're sort of turning it into a bit of a process that we can manage um, reliably. So, um, but next week we are going to drop the the um, the wild camping one. But I will put a little, I will put a video version up. It won't be like a video of Dave and I chatting, but I'll, I'll have a, you know, like a still on there and it'll be it'll be available on YouTube as well. So that that's coming next week and YouTube's popping. So get over there. YouTube is Chew The Chat Podcast on YouTube. Hit the subscribe, share a link to a friend and uh, we really appreciate it. In other news, um, this week's episode is, is with Stuart Tusker who came around through uh previous guest and sponsor of the podcast, Kieran Rattigan. I think Stuart had been floating and those guys had got chatting and um one thing leads to another and, you know, when you sort of hit those vibes with people, it's they're swapping links and ideas and did you see this documentary and have you read this book and you should check this podcast out. And I think Kieran put put the podcast Stuart's way and then he had sent us lovely messages he'd been listening and really enjoyed it and sent encouraging words and that was really cool and I said well why don't you come down and and come on and you know within 48 hours Stuart was in the studio with us and we were chatting away and it was lovely he was a really sweet and intelligent thoughtful um, gentleman and yeah it wasn't um, it wasn't a coincidence to know the conversation would go into into areas that I'm fascinated by and I'm sure people listening to this are intrigued by and you know some of those areas were literally you know things like meditation and cold therapy creativity he's a tattoo artist you know really thoughtful and kind of spiritual artist you know a lot of his ideas and his tattooing is is comes from this kind of deep existential wonder he's got um yeah and we talked about ritual and ceremony and some of the tattoos he does, you know, with like-minded people, where they kind of set an intention, and he tells a story about one lady who, you know, she wrote intentions on her feet and went off traveling and literally walked on those intentions, and yeah, really powerful stuff. Um, and he talked about his his children, and yes, yeah, you're going to enjoy this. He's a really cool dude, and we'll, he'll be back, I'm sure. And I'd love to maybe get him and Kieran on together, and we could talk all the geeky things like John D and spirituality and all of the ritual of the black magic and, and, you know, some of the things that I know we're all interested in and um, maybe some of you guys are as well. So maybe we'll try and line that up for the future. But really enjoyed this episode with Stuart. Um, And speaking of sponsors, um, good news. I got the word from Matthew Frost, episode one, owner, proprietor and all-around dude, uh, function first and cryotherapylincoln.co.uk. Um, Cryolab is back open and I'm going today at the time of this recording which is Friday um, the 29th of May I'm going it's got, I've got a good weekend lined up really to be fair um, I'm going I'm in the studio today doing all this stuff and then I'm going over at lunchtime to do cryotherapy at one o'clock and then at 2.30 I'm getting picked up by Mr. McGregor and we're going to disappear off into the Peak District and, and wild camp and swim and then i come back tomorrow saturday morning and i'll be with my family which will be beautiful and then I'm taking that family and we're going off wild camping again to another part of the country and then sunday i will be super chill so i'm i'm, I'm really really blessed this weekend but yeah one o'clock today i'm going out to cryotherapy so cryotherapy is back on lincolncryolab.co.uk code word chew 10 percent off and as I've said many times on these intros, now is the time, you yeah? know, if you're worried about this pandemic, if you're worried about should I wear a mask, not wear a mask, or what should I do, you know, what where's it all going to go? First thing is, is look inside, you know, what are you doing? Are, you, are, are, you, are, we, are we doing the best things we can for ourselves from the ground up, you know, because there's lots of things we can do, like, you know, are we cutting out some of the processed foods and the sugars and shit, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, again, we've, we've talked about this, you know, like that food's fucking tasty, man, that that, that convenient food that is just tasty, but, you know, if you can cut some of it out, it helps, you know, if you can replace some of it and tip those scales in the balance of, you know, more water, more veg, you know, more sort of clean, organic, and by organic, I don't mean organic in a wrapper, I just mean stuff that's come out of the ground or out of a tree, you know, or, you know, uh, uh, a... livestock that's been that's been sort of lived a, a, a nice life and maybe not a, a factory line life but just trying to eat stuff that you know has come from mother earth uh, as as directly as possible if you can tip the tip the scales in that balance across there you you're going to be much better off and things like cryotherapy they're just it's a no brainer man you just read the science like i've said every week you know during this pandemic just google it check it out you know, and if you're in the area, I know they're popping up around the country now, you might find something near you, but I know a lot of people travel to to Matt's facility because of, it just seems to be uh, one that can hit some really, really wildly cold temperatures, which seems to be giving more benefit, so check it out, it's Lincoln Cryolab.co.uk. code word SHU, you'll get 10% off, and it is wonderful if you want to protect your immune system boost your immune system protect your all around stress levels and just manage yourself a bit and put love in your body put care in your body put yourself in a position where you know you're doing something as best you can um and it's a it's a really fun experience it's pretty wacky you know not everybody gets to do that and yeah it's it's cool so check that out go deep still waiting on Kieran to hear back and um not entirely sure where we are with that so I will get an update but again flotation therapy The ethos is exactly the same, you know, protect the immune system, protect your stress levels, protect your bones, protect your inflammation, look after your meat wagon. This thing's got to carry around for hopefully, you know, 80, 90 years. And if you are looking after it, like a car, like anything else, like an engine that requires a service, requires an oil change, requires somebody to look under the bonnet and say, yeah, maybe a tweak here and a tweak there, maybe change that you know, that's what your body is, you know, we we walk around and we're young and we're 25 and we're 35 and we're 45 and yeah, we we can manage everything, we start to feel it, but if you start doing these things now, you know, little by little, you're just keeping that engine smooth, keeping those parts, those components in, in better fettle, so again, pending pandemics on the horizon, probably, who knows what's going on, but, um, why take a chance? You know, look after yourself, and you'd be surprised. You jump out of a float session, and there's a smile that is on your face that you you can't explain, and it's something to do with the harmony of your body being tweaked. So I don't, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you the exact science, but if you if you Google it and do your reading and read, you know, read each side, read read the pros, read if people have got cons, read it all. But certainly, if you're worried about a future where, you know things might be a bit freaky with immune systems and diseases and viruses, then it's a great way to protect yourself. So, Um, okay, I don't want to bang on too much anymore. Um, Future guests I'm trying to line up, one of which, one of my best friends that I grew up with, one of my best friends on the planet, um, Mr. Wade Benson. I think we're probably going to bring him in and we're going to chat. I mean, I haven't seen Wade for a couple of years myself and... He's had a difficult, difficult time with mental illness and sort of just trying to find his feet in his life. And I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. It's been a long time, um, so hopefully we can make that happen in the coming weeks. Um, and also a, a local lady from Lincoln who's a yoga, uh, sort of a yoga and a, a well-living kind of practitioner, kind of an influencer on on instagram and stuff and she's a musician and she's really super interesting and i know her from the music scene uh Lindsay, lindsey clayton and we've agreed we're, we're sort of going back and forth at the minute just trying to get a date sorted so she's really interesting and she's been helping a lot of a lot of people just sort of focus uh, their intentions and sort of better lifestyle choices so that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one as well so they're coming up um but today i wanted to play you in with some music and um Kind of gonna plug something of my own with this one because the nature of the episode with Stuart is, is such that, um, you know, as I mentioned, we're talking about meditation, we're talking about creativity, we're talking about you know, intentions, ritual, ceremony, lockdown, the future, you know, life and death, and astral projection, and lucid dreams. You know, it was a really kind of magical. Tone to the episode, you know, in in the in the wonder of the conversation. So, I wanted to play in with a, a tune that um, was actually a project that I'm involved with. That was released. The track was only released earlier this month, in the beginning of the month. I think it was eighth of. Um, I think it was the eighth of May. You can find it on Spotify. It's a track called "All the Stars Explode," and I just felt like it it fits with this energy of this conversation and uh, I wanted to play you in with it. It's by a project called Andranochrome, and that's, um, for, for people who want to check it out, it's it's available everywhere if you just Google it, but the, the spelling is A-N-D-R-E-N-A-C-H-R-O-M-E. So it's a play on the word andrenochrome, which is a molecule found in the adrenaline gland, which is um, also related to all sorts of... Um, Illuminati conspiracy, um, but actually, uh, it's it's taken for the name of this project from the idea that you know it's in the adrenaline gland, and this this particular project, Andrenochrome, is a is a sort of funky dance kind of retro glitchy dance outfit, and I, we thought the name was pretty cool for that kind of vibe. Um, so yeah, this track is called "All the Stars Explode," and I think um, yeah, it speaks for itself in the way the how the conversation goes. So i'll link this in at the end um thank you everybody for listening thank you to pod bible for the continued support thank you to anchor for having us it's it's uh it's going well we love the dashboard we love we love the whole vibe there that's going cool so yeah thanks to the sponsors go deep flotation and lincoln cryolab and of course thank you to this guest of this episode um, and everybody going over to the socials and sending comments and stuff and youtube it's been really cool and we Continually are blown away by it. So, without further ado, this is episode number 15 of the Chew the Chat podcast. This is Stuart Tusker. <laughs> Cigarette smoke
1: Yeah And
0: And the, the, and the well. other Yeah what, what is it Is it kind of
1: Do you know Fairly recently It's been um, I've done it since I was Maybe about 12 Was the first time I tried it mm. And recently um, Practising a lot of meditation ah. It actually I find it Has a negative effect Rather than an actual Positive effect on me
0: Right I see
1: So it kind of I don't want to say It lowers my consciousness But I think
0: it, I don't know. It's a strange. You recognize your pattern. Yeah,
1: I recognize that it's actually, it was good for me while it while it was good for me, but now, it, is, it just isn't. Oh so yeah. I, I see a like, her well, as a Mary Jane, if we want to call her, yep. as like a seductive temptress. Mm. So you can use it, and it might help you solve things. you have going through issues and things like that. How solve it? But then in the long run, actually, you find that you've become accustomed to something that maybe isn't actually the any favours.
0: Yeah. But and you take it for granted and it becomes comfort. Exactly. And you can sort of abuse it even. Mm-hmm. Graham Hancock had similar...
1: Yeah, I think... St- I don't think it's a bad thing at, at all because there's so many healing benefits in it. Mm. But um I watched something about him when he was speaking about it and I was... Almost every day it was a kind of, of a thing. And then it slowly backed off for a bit. Um Mainly because... There was some point in my life when my dad was going somewhere. Uh, Well, he was moving to Canada, and I decided to stop doing it because I had to go for a medical. So I had like a year off, and then went back to it. And then years and years later, it became something that was, I just started to feel that it was actually pulling me more into myself, but not quite in a way that I was doing through meditation.
0: Right, okay.
1: So it changed the feeling of
0: it. So when you took a year off, I mean, we're jumping, jumping in straight into the conversation here, Stuart. Just quickly, Stuart Tasker, tattoo artist. We've been sort of kind of put in touch with one another through flotation, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Through Kieran at Go Deep, who yeah. sponsor, sponsors of this show. Um, but yeah, you, you you mentioned there, your, your dad went to Canada, mm. so and you, you packed in using any
1: any kind of well i've never been any i've never been on anything really heavy anyway yeah it was just cannabis but, for me.
0: Ma- but marijuana yeah, just, yeah. So, you, so you just said right that's it so how that, that was easy enough that was just like yeah cool there was incentive behind it yeah
1: so when you know a lot of the, with anything if there's incentive behind you doing something you just crack on and do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh because it was a it was medical basis so it was if he was going to have this medical done for his whole family for him to move there if there was any failure on my part
0: would you be moving as well then
1: I think what? the option was there, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But this was this was 2003. Okay. And I, no, I didn't. I didn't How old there would there. you would have been then? Then sure. I was just 15, just about to do GCCs, I think right, right. Okay. at that time, and uh, it'd been something that had been in my life for a while already, just from really yeah, like at yeah, that just, age. Yeah, just from knocking oh, wow. about uh, with the young lads that you knock about with back in the day, you know. Of course, yeah. And uh, still see a lot of them now. Mm-hmm. But it was something that a lot of them stopped doing, mm-hmm. but I carried on doing, and it was something that was enjoyable. It can be enjoyable, but I just find now that it kind of lowers me a little bit rather than heightens me.
0: And what about obviously you're a tattoo artist? You disappear into you know the zen of your drawing and the thought and the, the imagination. I imagine at one time that was probably a part of that, was it, or or was it? Or you definitely helped. Yeah,
1: it definitely helped focus. I mean, you know, if you, have, you if if anyone's ever taken it, you know that it can help you focus on one thing for a long period of time. And it definitely helped through the learning curve through all that, mm-hmm. but it it definitely became something that became too much because I think I think meditation replaced it for me, mm-hmm. and then in that case, uh, you've got something that's heightening your consciousness through your own introspective kind of look on things. Yeah, that then you come to use something external, and it doesn't quite have the
0: same effect. It Shows itself in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you you kind of it, it, it comes on to you more, you know, like when you feel it like coming up. Yeah. and you think oh, now it now it's affecting me and then it becomes an internal thing but when you use meditation as an internal thing you're using it not to silence your thoughts but to become the observer and to watch over your thoughts when you take a substance that allows for that same level of introspection mm. but you know it's an external force mm. it's not strong if you know what i mean
0: you yeah you're you're at a point then when you're kind of looking at all of this god yeah you've gone I mean, to say even when you were 15 and it had been in your life for a while mm-hmm. then, so you've come through all the stages of kind of looking at this and being, I guess, honest with yourself as well about this.
1: I think it's, it's very important to be honest with yourself about just about everything. But uh, yeah, definitely. It had, it had so many effects on my life as well because of the, the people that I hung around with. Great people, spent a lot, a lot of years with them. And uh, we did it as something because we didn't have a lot to do in, the, in a village that we lived in. mm mm-hmm. And it uh, became an everyday part of life. Mm. And as it grew, it grew with me. And, and it became something that was on a daily basis. And then, you know, when this time came, it was, it was not even that long ago. This was maybe less than a year ago.
0: Right, okay. But could was it building up for a while? Could you feel Yeah, definitely. sort of the inner dialogue of like, oh, I need to change gears, something's mm-hmm. not right, I need to get out of this habit. Like often we fall in the habits, the groove, don't we? Of
1: yeah, because I, th- I think that it made me... You want to have this period of no mind when you come to a meditation. You want to have this period of no mind, and when you come to have something that gives you no mind, when you might want to get something done, mm-hmm. even though previously you may have used it to help you get something done.
0: Yeah, it God kind yeah. of
1: changes its. Perspective. And even convince
0: yourself during that that maybe that was the thing that enabled you to get over the line of getting the yeah. thing done. Oh, I mm-hmm. can only, you know, I'm, I can only do my best work when I'm.
1: Well, I've never, I've never done any work. Right. I've prepared for work while well, stoned, but I've mm. never any work
0: whilst of course being mm. with the human body under your touch yeah
1: exactly because sometimes um, I know people that do mm-hmm. and they would fantastic work with it but I, f- I felt like that it was good while I was preparing but when it came to actually doing it sometimes your mind can wander mm-hmm. and that's the last thing you want I mean it's one of the things one of the reasons why it's hard for me to stop smoking as well right because I, d- I don't smoke a ridiculous amount but you know when you get to that point where you're like, oh, I could do with a fag, I could do with a fag. Mm-hmm. And then if that's in your mind, it just repeats itself over and over and over yeah. again. And you're tattooing. You. Yeah, and you're tattooing, and all you can think about is a fag.
0: Before you know it, you you Someone's got a fag <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you, you might as well just take that break <laughs> to have it. Yeah. But I can do without it for a while, mm-hmm. but it's just when it starts niggling, it starts saying mm-hmm. yeah. it's like It's like any kind of addiction, it starts to tell you that it's time. It's time for you to replace
0: so, me. Okay, then. So your background, an artist, you mentioned that you, you grew up in a little village on the outskirts of town, um, close knit crew of friends, of I would mm-hmm. imagine, and you've been through, like you say, all these stages. So what was it like growing up for you?
1: My parents weren't religious, but my nan was. Yeah. So she was very important in introducing spirituality into my life um, at the very beginning. But it was Roman Catholic. Right. And it wasn't that I didn't I didn't immediately go no, no, I'm not this is not for me I kind of sat with it I was an altar boy and did all everything and um, the one thing I didn't do was go to the Sunday school I'd always sit with uh, my nan and listen to these stories that they they tell you in church and I constantly wondered whether it was it's never the right time to put your hand up and say oh, I've got a question about that story you're telling you know they just don't have that in the Catholic Church you, you don't get to question what the priest is saying you listen you take what you do from the story mm-hmm. move on Use that story for the week mm-hmm. and it comes and tells you another one a week later. Mm-hmm. but then so moving down towards Lincolnshire, I kind of I'd done all the Holy Communion and all things like that, and moving to Lincolnshire was the point where I started making more more friends, started doing things that were a bit more less introvert, you know so I did a lot of drawing as a kid and then started becoming a bit of an expert with my uh, older stepbrother. We started going out with him a lot, and our friendship group became the same. And it kind of then put me in this, no, nah, nah, none of this none of this stuff, it doesn't count. It doesn't count in life, doesn't apply to life. Right. you really get into it. Right. become a young teen as well, yeah. a little bit rebellious. I was, never, yeah, yeah. I was never a bad kid. One thing I did was talk too much. Mm-hmm. And I kind of talked into myself about, so I think there was one point where my nan asked if I was going to come and do my confirmation, which is your choice. You yeah. then choose whether you want to be a part of the church or not. Yep. And I said no. I don't regret that decision. I think everything, I don't regret any decisions I've ever made, even the bad ones, because I think they lead you to they're, who you yeah, are Yeah, they're now.
0: part and parcel granularly of who you... Exactly, but, it, but what
1: it did was, it made me question for a long time, religion as a whole, they completely denied it. No, there's no God, no, nothing like that. Mm. Then meditation came along, and threw all that in the air again,
0: Wow.
1: and said, is that true? <laughs> well, literally. Is that everything that you thought actually true? <laughs> So I had to start questioning not only myself through meditation, but through everything in your external,
0: in your external life. It feels to me, Stuart, like you've had, there's been um, something in you, something, whatever that, I mean, I I often find this with people that I, you know, I went to art college, I enjoyed drawing, my my kids draw now. There's an escape, there's something, there's something that happens where where you, you go somewhere. And I feel like so many people I meet, like yourself, who are kind of creatively driven, um, we're all really trying to express something. And I feel like a lot of the people that I'm... that I try, How do I put this right? I've never got the words. There's something... Like you mentioned, you kind of alluded to it with the tattoos. You know, I often think this when I'm loving tattoos, and I think, you know, I'm... Uh, I love art. I love I love the idea that image is formed and shared and, mm. you know, and, and, and seeing what comes out of someone else's mind. Yeah, oh, and yeah. kind of recording it on a body or like, uh, for me, I'm, I'm probably like a lot of people tattoos are kind of like, like time stamps of chapters of life and things like that. Mm. I just, you've got like a real strong. There's something pulling you somewhere. It feels God, like yeah. to me. Yeah, um, you want to know more. Yeah, you want to know more, no, and, and, know. And, and, and and in doing so, you want to kind of unravel yourself and mm. find the answers, and and also kind of connect dots. I feel similar, very mm. similar.
1: I think it's one of those. It's one of those things that I, be- I truly believe that everybody will have that, mm. and it's whether or not it's some point in your life or just before you know we go on to whatever's next. Mm-hmm. That I think everybody's going to have it. It's just what period in your life it comes, and. I guess it happened it actually happened for me while my wife was pregnant with my third child so how many children have you got three
0: you've got three children two little girls and a little boy and how old are the children
1: amelie is nine uh ada may is seven years old and jesse's about to turn five in about two weeks
0: jesse is a boy yes i've got a boy called jesse oh nice yeah we absolutely
1: fell in love with the name and you know it was really really um because all this thing changed while I was, well, I say uh, while I was pregnant, while well, we were pregnant, people say was, that. Yeah, but yeah no, we were it, pregnant, yeah. It was, it was just her, I sat by and watched. Uh, uh, fair play. <laughs> um, there were some really strange uh, experiences for me internally, as well as for my wife. So she, there was this really strange experience where she, she's a prolific dreamer. It absolutely astounds me that she wakes up and has these dreams that are like completely different and lives. And she can recollect... Completely. She can actually have a nap during the day and fall back into the same dream that she's thinking about.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Just, has she done any kind of work on that? or I've is it
1: been trying to push her towards it. Yeah. I actually took her to London to meet uh, the author of a book. Uh, his wife was doing a documentary about astral projection. We went to it and he was hosting it. And I wanted to, there was like a little after party drink afterwards. I wanted her to meet him so that it maybe push her to start going lucid. Mm. Um, because I've been talking about it for a while, I've been wanting to do it, but my dreams are, not now,
0: they were. I was going to ask you, with you smoking normal. and then not smoking, because that has a big effect on a lot of people. It does, it was, but not really for
1: me, no. So, I've never been able to recollect dreams, but right. I'm keeping a diary. Now this diary is three years in the making, that could be six months between a dream that I can remember. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. Um, recently, I've had a lot of um, really introspective dreams that are quite vivid and I'm quite you know, impressed that I can remember them. But with her dreaming, it's... So she said to me, okay, I'll give this lucid dreaming a go. And The first night, she was lucid, completely lucid. And she actually had a dream that she'd been recurring since she was a child. And she got past the point in which she would always wake up. Oh, wow. In the first ever okay, no. time, she went lucid. It's
0: getting pretty heavy on the first go.
1: Yeah, and I think she she likes the escape of dreams mm-hmm. so i don't think she wants to play about with them too much she likes what it gives her the, the the i don't know if it's the time away or the different worlds you get to see yeah um so i wanted to meet this guy he wrote a fantastic book it's called uh, dreaming in darkness charlie morley a phenomenal book and it can help you push you towards being lucid but also using lucid dreaming as a method of working with your shadow
0: okay which is something and, that and your mean, shadow being like a metaphor for what your the side of you that you, yeah, you the, don't like yeah the that dark you hide from everybody else the truth of yourself yeah
1: well not just the truth because it's a half truth yeah because of course
0: because it takes the, yeah. the dark and the light and the good and All the, the things bad things that we suppress well like you mentioned floating earlier and i f- floating for me so much of my initial experiences of floating was a lot of the a lot of that shadow a lot of that darker self just fucking raring straight up mm, and saying, let's have this squared mm. up, shall we? Let's sort this out. Okay, let's, you know, Completely and agreeing. it could be as menial as, you know, some days it could just be communication I need to make and I need to get better at making phone calls and I need to call me dad and I need to call my granddad, mm. I need to pop in. Or it might be, you know, some deep, dark, you know, lie I'm telling myself about my fundamental being, you know. There's,
1: I think there's... Um I'm not sure if it is actually uh, like a Japanese proverb or anything like that, but I remember reading it saying somewhere that uh, the Japanese believe we have free hearts. Mm-hmm. It's the one we show the world, the one we show those close to us, and the one we keep to ourselves.
0: Oh, that makes sense. And I
1: guess the shadow work is, is looking at that one, befriending that part that you keep to yourself that you don't want anyone else to know about you. Because there are certain things that we do in life, certain decisions, certain thoughts that we have that we go hey better not share that with the world. Yeah. Because that's pretty dark. And you, yeah,
0: and you even, you know, fucking hell am I even having that thought.
1: Exactly. Myself. I mind. That's why I think people who are able to just spit that out, I, I love being around people like that. Yeah. Because yeah. You, uh, there's no off switch when it comes mm. to not saying filtering what you think. Anything, yeah, yeah, no, it just comes out. Mm. And it makes me wonder whether or not they've actually got hardly anything re- stored. Yeah. You know, because they just say what they think.
0: Yeah, there's just a, that selfless kind of, yeah, like it is what it is and you just don't hold on to anything. Therefore, there is mm. nothing mm. the kind of Alan Watts kind of proverb isn't it is you're mm. holding on to but there's nothing to hold on. You know, exactly. so
1: yeah, it's so we're coming back to that dream that I was got onto the topic of Um mm. that having two kids absolutely love the, the two girls the the third child Jesse me and my wife questioned whether or not we were ready for a third because they're all really really close in age and uh then I had this change in me. So obviously, not only did I have this change introspectively, I now have to start trying to teach my kids in a, in something about I don't understand. I'm actually now trying to discover it more for myself, like I teach kids about the world, but I don't know fuck all about it. Yeah, scary. It is scary. Mm. And there's a, there's a lot of frustration involved in teaching kids, you know, and you look back at what you were like, and you wonder whether you were like that, and I try. I mean, we had a conversation with my daughter the other day. Uh, she's nine, the oldest, Amelie. And I remember the g- exact same experience when I was a kid. Um, the one thing that f- I feared the most was when that silence kicks in, when that darkness comes, and then the idea of, of death and dying comes in. She had that two nights ago. Really? She's had it quite a lot, and it's, they're, they're few and far between, but sometimes she just won't be able to sleep because of it.
0: And what is that just sort of... Thought process just coming in, or is yes, there anything triggered in the world that's happened? Isn't,
1: well, I think it may be now it's coming out, it's come out before, but now because of what's going on in the world. Yeah, the, know, everybody's yeah. a bit paranoid about gotcha.
0: what's going on.
1: And a, a nine year old child trying to understand that you have to social distance from everybody you meet It's very difficult. And then hearing the news. Um, and we don't we don't watch the news in a house, but n- news filters its way into your course, house, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Of course. And it's sometimes misguided, sometimes misinterpreted. misinterpreted. Um, but the idea that she thinks that you could catch this and die. is hard to get out of a nine year old's head. Oh, man. Yeah, and
0: that, that upsets me about this, this, that side of this. I think
1: I don't think that people that report the news are actually, I wonder if they're reporting or creating. You know, I don't want to go too much into no, that. No, I'm with you it's one of those things where you put that thought in a child's mind all of a sudden oh, geez,
0: we're being asked be the at end. the moment Stu, if, if we want the kids to go they the kind of the, the, the school have been asking us in the group messages about you know do what do we think what and my wife and I are like kind of you know if it's going to be social distancing and gloves mm. and masks and things I don't want my six and five year old being in that environment cause It's going to fry their understanding mm. and this is at the point when they're developing and they need to be social yeah, and life. I just think they're better off here. But then they want to send
1: the ones that are the youngest back who won't even comprehend mm. um, what's going on. Like my, um, go back to my my son. Mm-hmm. So while she was pregnant with him, we were questioning all that. She had a dream, my wife did. Um, and it became quite um, a telltale sign of what was going to come for us with Jessie. Um She dreamt of her granddad who died when she was younger. And he just left her this message in her dream saying, uh, keep it, it'll be worth it. So from that moment on, she was like, "We're we're, we're having yeah. this baby. It's not questionable anymore. We're having it. Mm-hmm. Even whether we were both were uncertain whether or not we yeah, were you've ready. Yeah,
0: you've got a strong feeling that uh, well, she
1: had mm-hmm. decided that something else is telling me that you know mm-hmm. it's, worth, it's worth it. And I mean, it always is when you when you see a yeah, child. Yeah, of course. And you see a but I know born. what
0: you mean. You get you, sometimes little signs when you've got doubt or you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Where does life go from here? Some whatever it could be, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of.
1: I think it works out. I mean, I'd have to ask her for the the details, but it works out. Either the dream was on her granddad's birthday, or we found out she was pregnant because this dream came before the pregnancy. You know, it was um, oh, it was one of those things. Yeah, it was one of those. It's really weird time, and it kind of really understanding. It was really weird because that's when she'd made the decision that she had to keep it. Now I'm struggling to remember whether or not. That was just before the pregnancy, or during it, mm-hmm. when when she'd come to the conclusion, or whether she had completely all the way through. She was like, no, nope, this is, this is staying, mm. and um, it works out. Yeah, it was over his birthday when she f- we found out she was pregnant, and then nine months from that day, Jesse was born. And during her pregnancy was when this process happened with me, with the the change in introspection.
0: Okay, no, there's a lot going on. Huh?
1: Yeah, he's he's. um he's a special little kid he's, um, he we got diagnosed with autism right. uh, about a year and a half ago and uh, it was really difficult for us to understand we walked into this room then telling us that we were going to get this this process where we were going to find out over the next four years whether or not he'd, he'd got it or not and uh, they told us within an hour so we kind of left that place the pediatrician and was like does that mean it's really obvious I mean, we'd already noticed little signs but we thought We had two girls and people said, oh, boys are slower. Don't worry, boys are slower. And we were like, okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. We didn't take anything. We didn't, you know, push any of them to do anything or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then when we came out with this decision that we'd been given, that he'd been diagnosed, we were like, sat in the car. Like, "Um, I don't really know what to think about that. It was upsetting. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it was like, it makes a little bit of sense. But it was so abrupt. And um, I've had some moments with him that are Mm -hmm. profound.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That you can't explain That I have not been able to have And the how old's he now then? He's five, five. Yeah. five. Um, I've had some moments with him That you just think He seems to know more mm. Than what like, Whether he's perceiving things in a different way like, Obviously you know what I said earlier About not being able to see anything through someone else's eyes uh-huh. You can't mm-hmm. It's difficult to communicate with him He's getting a lot better at it But it's difficult to communicate with him But then sometimes I think He's seeing the world in a different light so basically, the first time I went to this meditation group that I'd started. So she was pregnant with them at the time. I went to this meditation group, yeah. thinking my friend said, "Go, I'll go see what it's like." And I think the first time it was. Is quite this
0: the wise man?
1: Yeah, yeah. He said to me to go, and so I, I found this group and I went along. Then I um, had quite a peaceful. Oh, it was quite a nice experience. I'll come again next week. And I think it was the next week where I had this. I guess you want to call it a transcendental experience. Fucking hell where she'd guide us into this place and you, you follow what they're saying basically you know there's you know washing in the river you're mm. walking on the grass you can feel it on your feet all the kind of stuff they're doing guided meditations mm-hmm. but then it wasn't long before i was no longer sat in a hallway in silk willoughby i was i was there what she was talking about i was actually there i was walking on that grass and then this this hill lifted from underneath me lifted me up walked up um I think like stepped on some clouds or something like that and then I looked down and I saw two characters just sat there waiting and one was a bear and one was a nun and then I came out of it the reason I came out of it was because I could hear like a like a narration going on and somebody was talking to me so I was like and I started blinking and then I was in the room again and I was like
0: what? wow
1: that's what made me start questioning everything again that 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 one meditation is the one thing that said to me everything might not be quite what you think it is
0: and so i guess you've tried a million ways to try and piece that together and what mm. that meant and what it led to and and have you come up with anything that seems
1: well i think through the journey of searching i think people do in this kind of um a situation that when you have an experience like that it's difficult because um you can tell as many people as you want about it no one's going to really believe that you had that experience mm-hmm. uh truth comes from experience yeah first you can, yeah you, first can only, you can only know that truth for yourself once yeah. you've experienced it of course you can't know what it's like to go bungee diving mm-hmm. if you've never been done bungee diving. Yeah. You so doesn't to matter go. how much
0: youtube you've watched you have yeah, yeah i think there's
1: a story about um a man who was um loved papayas and he loved papayas so much that he had them every day and then someone said to him, oh have you ever tried a mango mangoes are amazing and then he was Mangos are amazing. So he started talking about mangoes instead of papayas. But yeah, he'd never tried a mango.
0: Right.
1: So eventually, he would go back to papayas. Mm-hmm. Because that truth of the mango never existed within him. Right. Because he'd never tried it.
0: Right.
1: So he had to go back to papayas. And it's only when you experience that, that he could have actually said, yes, the mangoes are better. Mm-hmm. I'll stay with the mango. Mm. And uh, I think what I'm trying to get at is, with that is that people can try and say to you, Come on mate, you think you were just you know, yeah, so you don't think you'd not fell asleep well, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. But cool. it was so profound and so real that I said, No, 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 uh, so I started questioning it, I started looking at things and I think the first direction you head in with things like that is like conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And fell in that little rabbit hole for a while. And um when I did these meditations, sometimes it would come up again. And this particular character, the bear, would come up over and over again in these meditations. And one night I was meditating in my conservatory and I felt it coming again. And then my little boy woke up screaming. So I was like, oh. I said to my, I think my missus was laying in bed, just resting, and it was late at night. So I said, I'll I'll deal with him, I'll go sort him out. So I sat in the the living room with him, we had like one of these salt lamps in there, so it was nice, calm, and I was like, what's up, mate? And he was wearing Jungle Book pyjamas. And he just pointed to blue on his pyjamas. And like three times, and then hid under his blanket. I mean, he carries his blanket everywhere with him, and just hid under it. And I didn't push for any more because I thought, I can't push this. So I'm going to ask him. He doesn't even talk. I can't ask him what, what. But it was just one of those experiences that me and him shared that was like, wow. What? Yeah. How d- the bear. Yeah. And so I was just like, Shh.
0: so when when your little boy, Jesse, when you say you you, you, you might have. Um, Felt like you saw signs with him and stuff, but you would heard that people said girls develop quicker and all that. So what was that like for you? How was that for you? Did, did, did I think
1: you think
0: it's, it's difficult to say in it? Because
1: when people say, Oh, no, don't worry, boys are slower. The, the milestones that you expect children, I mean, children are never gonna hit them all on the exact mm. same day. Yeah, but you expect um, them to be around the ballpark. You know, mm. like, for instance, both our girls, two years old, potty training was like, don't like that. Yeah, yeah. And Jesse's not now. He's five years old and he's not. Mm-hmm. And they've told us not to push it for a while, right. but it's just not. Sometimes he'll go and do it, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time it just doesn't, there's no recollection in his head that mm-hmm. I should go get someone to go to the toilet or I should myself go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he does. Mm-hmm. Most of the time not. So it's just little things like that. At that point at two, we thought, okay, we should start training him. Didn't work. Didn't work whatsoever. Nothing worked. And then there was other milestones like talking and the words never came and and they said, oh, we should be stringing a sentence together. And it was actually the nursery that he goes to that he'd, um, they'd start to notice more as well. So I think Louisa was one of the ones that had noticed it the most. Obviously mm-hmm. being so close, you know, the the mother bond. Mm-hmm. She'd noticed a few things, but we didn't question it too much. And it was when he went to nursery that we decided what they were telling us as well, maybe it's worth looking into. Mm-hmm. So they, they were brilliant. They absolutely organised everything for us, mm-hmm. pushed us in this direction with him. And... Uh, we started to get a few more answers, and started things started to make sense, and and then this, when the diagnosis actually came, was a bit of a shock because we expected like a four-year journey. Yeah, which, you, I, you,
0: that's the way you, I was going to get to where you were saying you kind of prepared yourself, and you know there's going to be a four-year kind of, basically a window of development, and we're going to exactly. analyze and see where we go. But exactly. then they sort of say to you in the next breath.
1: Yeah, and plus people that are then at that time as well, I started ended up. Tattoo in a lot of people that had autistic children So it's like it falls in at the, all yeah. at the right time mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, the journey it takes ages And you never get any answers And you're just constantly thinking But for us, it straight away So we, obviously we questioned whether or not it was Is it so obvious in him? Or are they just better at spotting it now? Mm-hmm. But like I say, within an hour After you've been told it was going to take four years I mean, you look at him and you think Yes, there's things that he's slowing But there's things that he is absolutely sailing at like mm-hmm. dinosaurs for instance mm-hmm. absolutely obsessed with dinosaurs mm-hmm. can say some of these words that yeah i can't even say <laughs> you look at a dinosaur and you think oh, maybe it's <laughs> it's one of them isn't it
0: it's a long neck yeah yeah it's <laughs> one of them,
1: and he knows the words yeah and he says them absolutely wow. obsessed with them wow so there's there's areas where he really works mm-hmm. and it, it feels like the communication level so one of the key things for us spotting it was there was no recollection to you um calling his name right when you'd call his name, he would just wouldn't, wouldn't come, and so I, uh, both me and my wife were like, then took him to one of these health visitor meetings, and they were, well, maybe, maybe we should test his hearing. And oh, is he hearing? Because say, for instance, his favourite nursery rhyme comes on, he's the other side of the house.
0: Yeah. They're
1: running. So it was. I think it's it's just a communication level that is really difficult. And we can get him on board to do things, especially if he really wants to do them. But the communication and getting him to do something he doesn't want to do, or that is f- taken away from the focus that he's on on something now, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, that's a journey as well. But it seems like every now and again, I just we just have these little mad experiences. I was on the phone to my wife one day. I'd had a break at work. And she was like, Jesse's talking to someone. And there's only her in the house. And he's wandering off, waving, talking to somebody that's not there. Right. Now, my wife's not into as much, you know, deep uh, self-reflection as myself. She doesn't necessarily. I don't. Wouldn't say she didn't believe in ghosts, but she's not. Doesn't think about things like that necessarily. Of course, yeah. Um. Which is weird because of the the state of her dreams and things. Like that. You know, she's had an out-of-body experience. She's she has these dreams that are profound. I'm surprised that she doesn't. But um. For her to ring me and say that. Was one of those things
0: where you were like, okay. and what have you got? Any sort of inkling? What you, is it? The bear or what is it?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I never know. You know, with these experiences. So when it comes to ex- experiences like that, there's never really anybody that can point you in the direction mm. of understanding mm. it fully. So with that particular experience in that bear, mm. I then happened to leave a, a studio I was working at and moved to a different studio. And it feels to me like when I look back at it now, I can see these things fall into place. Right. So Logan, who owns the the shop I work at now, his mother-in-law was um, a shamanic practitioner. And I'd met her before because she was tattooed by a guy previously owned a shop I worked in. And um, she came in one day and was like, oh, hello. You know, I haven't seen you in a while. And So I said to her, oh, you're, you're like this. I started meditating and I had this experience and told her all about it. And then she was like, well, you should come along to this. Um, shamanic meditation group that I've got so I went along and she kind of basically taught me and anybody that was there how to connect with I don't know whether you want to call that I'm not going to you could say it's a spirit guide or something like that people have words for it but mm-hmm. it's, it's like almost like you know like Carl Jung with his archetypes yep. it feels like it repeats itself over to me for some reason right. I'm not 100% sure why but in certain times of, of crisis or if I want to head in a direction It'll sort of be nudged at, and y- you'll see it somewhere. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like if you was to speak to a psychic and they said, "Oh, uh, I sit down and talk with my guides." That nothing like that has ever happened with me. It's just a notification, mm-hmm. you know. You know, like on your phone when something pops up, then you yeah, you're just
0: getting a you get in that yeah. And but it always comes It always comes in this reality, clicking and pulling you.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily a transcendental thing. It comes in this reality. So I can be talking about <laughs> something that. Um, want to do or I'm questioning some there was a situation that I decided to uh, I won't go into because it's quite a personal one but I decided to um, do something to help this situation and I was thinking in my mind about it and then all of a sudden I think I was in a shop at the time and you know when thoughts are racing in your mind I was in a shop and I looked up and this it was it's a white bear and uh, there it was on this like can just a picture of a white bear And uh, I remember because that's what it's like. It's like a confirmation for me. um, That, okay, look back at what I was just thinking, that whatever this is, whatever's affecting, it just shows itself. For some reason it showed itself in a direction that makes me go, okay, well, I'll follow that then. And you trust it? It, 100%. And it sounds crazy. And I think to most people it would sound crazy, but when I see it, 100%, 100% follow it. Like I remember the first time that i saw the confirmation it blew me away uh, and it was a couple of days after the first seeing it and i went to the, my friend mark who is the wise character i was telling you about
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, i was around his house and so i'd seen the bear and the nun in this meditation and i went into his kitchen and we were chatting away and then i think it was like march and he had one christmas card left on his um <laughs> on his on his cupboard and it was a white bear. Now, I had always figured it was a polar bear, but I later found out it wasn't. It was, uh, it's a specific type of bear. Uh It's called a commode, or commode, or something like that. Yeah. And it lives, like, four hours away from where my dad lives. It's the only place in the world it lives. In Canada. Yeah. And uh when I remember seeing the picture of it, like, on the internet, after I'd seen this, it just came up on, like, National Geographic, or something like that. I was like, that's the one. It's not a polar bear. It's that thing. And... uh then I went into his living room, and he had a book face down on the uh, on the coffee table. And I flipped it over to see what he was reading, and it was um, a picture of a nun on the front. So when you get like kind of confirmations like that, you can't you can't you can deny it for you, a while. You said
0: the word synchronicity earlier mm. in a different kind of context, but that's I think I feel I I think of these kind of moments that you're having. Like I do think of them like that, like mm, that definitely that kind of there's a trust you've got, you trust this, even though it's unknown and unsure. And in the beginning, I imagine kind of pretty fucking freaky and Mm -hmm. like, whoa, But then when you lend yourself to go, okay, well, then you start to see a pattern start to see you can all bet you can almost place it. No,
1: that's the difficult thing. It's, um, it's one of those things where it kind of comes wherever you're when I seem to be thinking of something or wanting to head in a direction, and then it props up so it, it doesn't so when you do like a shamanic meditation you can head in that direction to try and meet it and and do different things i find that quite difficult um you've got the sound of the drum going so the shamanic practitioner will be playing the drum and you'll be you'll be connecting with it it sends you into this kind of has some really mad experiences but it, they're, they're quite jittery so for me it seems to be that this this reality seems to be a little bit malleable in the way that not necessarily us but something can give you these synchronistic moments and say, yeah, just follow that. So it's like when people experience the 1111 number, mm. I remember experiencing that, that was another thing that came that you were like, what? So even with, even points when i thought about changing studios that I worked at, right? it would come. And I remember telling people about it and thinking you're off, off your nuts. Even people that i told <laughs> yeah. about it, yeah. that said, oh, it's a bit fucking crazy, isn't it? Come on, it's just a coincidence have l- since messaged me asking what it's about because they've started seeing it. Yeah. so It's, it's a mad thing and it, it's helped mold the work that I do as well because when, when I've wanted to, I used to do a lot of conventions uh, a few years ago and I always felt like I really wasn't, uh, not necessarily worthy of being there but I wasn't bringing anything new to the table. I wasn't bringing anything okay. of me into my work to bring to the table. And so I decided to stop doing them. So the guy Liam that I was working with at the time, um, he he carried on doing them, and he would ask me if he wanted to come and do them, and I was like, no, no, I don't want to do it. And then after this started coming, I started playing with new ideas and new things that I so I decided to put some of these things into some of these thoughts that I was having that about the world changing and mm. introspection and things like that, into my tattoos. Now, not everybody wants a tattoo like that. You know, there's some people that want. Um, A tattoo because I like it. Mm -hmm. There's some people that want a tattoo because it means something to them. It connects them to a loved one. Something just
0: specific. There's so many
1: reasons. And now I was wanting to put these ideas, these mad, crazy ideas, into tattoos. So I think there's, um, I do, I've done a couple on like the nature of reality.
0: I've been looking through your stuff. Yeah, Yeah. there's some 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 really mental
1: stuff in there. And there's also, I don't know if you would have come across. um, I got to tattoo Teresa, the shamanic practitioner, and we did some shamanic meditations before it. Which was, I can understand why tattooing used to be a spiritual practice. Right. Because when I did that meditation with her and then tattooed afterwards, there was this strange. I mean, only me and her are ever going to know what that experience was like. Because right. we did the meditation and f- there was this visual I was sat on a beach and this bear was at the side of me and there was a lion sat on the other side of me. And now the lion was supposedly her power animal. And there was this weird. Like, fuzzing and they both came into me and then we was all free sat in the same space on the beach and then i came out from this meditation and i did this tovra and the experience that i had and and for her, she said it was like she like like she wasn't being tattooed. She said it was an amazing experience.
0: So were you guys just in the studio and kind of sat down, made a space? And no, just we made
1: a space for her in in her shamanic practice. Okay. Uh, in a, the space that she does with all her work with all of her clients, right. we Decided to do it there. So you did it there. Mm. And it was a profound experience. And what
0: about you then? Because at the start of this conversation, we talked about not being high while we tattooed. But yeah, then, but then this is it's a, a weird sort of high. But yeah. this is a kind of like, and, and also it's you've you've tuned in together, haven't you? Mm. You've like you've basically both just gotten some frequency together.
1: Mm. With, it was profound. Which, a profound experience. It and was, what was it
0: like for you? Can you remember actually the?
1: It felt like a as strange as it sounds, it felt like I wasn't personally holding the tone machine. Right. Now, and I know that sounds crazy, but it was it was one of those experiences where like it felt like something else was was doing it, and so we did this kind of. This lion tattoo, in in a mandala sort of image, and it, and it just came. It felt like it went super fast.
0: How long was it? sure
1: I can't even remember. Maybe about seven hours, and six, seven hours, something like that. And it was super fast. And it just definitely f- didn't feel like I'd done it. You know, you know, when you do something, you mm-hmm. look back and you go, "Yeah, I'm proud of what I did there." Not that I wasn't proud of it, but it just it felt like there was more. Yeah, play.
0: more. Yeah, more attachment. More. More. Yeah,
1: so I've been searching for doing like little practices with tattooing outside that mm-hmm. um i have um a friend lucinda we did some um intention-based tattooing on her feet so she was about to go traveling and uh we decided to for her to write down all the intentions that she wanted to take with her traveling and we would do these tattoos on her basically all her toes we did i think and i looked at some of the pictures yeah then. And she i mean you she'd be worth getting on this podcast because right. she's an amazing artist okay um she does like murals she's a typographic artist, so it's kind of like graffiti oh, but yeah. really really nice yeah yeah neat graffiti. Well, whole court, then, yeah yeah she's yeah all of her so we did these feet toes and she i remember her saying asking what it was like afterwards you know um so th- i'm saying when i say afterwards i mean after she'd had the toe and she'd gone on this journey she said sometimes it just felt like it was just Walking on air, like walking on these intentions that she'd set, that
0: lay the path in front of you. That makes perfect sense, though, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I w- one of the things that led me to doing that was I watched a documentary about how water can hold memory. Well, okay, interesting. Yeah. So with this this Japanese doctor Emoto and he'd done a load of work with it. It's worth looking at. Cause it's I crazy. think I, I
0: think I did see it.
1: And what I thought, I thought, for I'm working with ink, and I'm in- injecting ink into people's skin what kind of what aspects of my mind and what i'm thinking about at the time of doing it can affect that tattoo and they're about to walk around with it in on them f- now forever can it have an effect will it have an effect is the other the molecules of the water that's contained within the ink holding
0: some mm. crazy i don't know i think the belief and the intention and the, the that can never i mean and it's such a difficult thing to try and articulate and to try and make any kind of practical sense of in our oh, processing yeah. functional everyday yeah. lives. Oh, bins are here. You know, like, it's difficult. But I do believe that, you know, picturing your friend there, you know, she's going off traveling, she's made all that space in her mind and in her future and in a trajectory and the bravery required and the discipline and the saving and the kind of stepping off into the unknown, then the commitment of putting that into the skin, mm. you know, doing it with somebody they care about, somebody they've got, you know, I imagine more of a, a connecting mm. thing going on. You know, you do, th- th- it's a ceremony. I think it must, it must be as close to yeah. ceremony as we pretty much get Western worldwide. When I we think, think people I think commit so. to doing something. Yeah,
1: like I think there is, there is this kind of, I mean, I think uh, like a ceremonial kind of tradition for us in, in Europe it is well and truly under the rubble. Somewhere, you know, we, we can look back as far as the Druids and say that maybe they were the people that were doing it, mm-hmm. but we have more modern um <laughs> cultures that are still practicing it. You know, the Native Americans and mm-hmm. South America. There is a lot of cultures around the world that are still doing it, but I think ours is buried so deep that it's almost like there is a resurgence of people wanting to, wanting to do things like that, mm-hmm. wanting to get a little bit more connected mm-hmm. with I don't know what you want to call it,
0: whatever all that is. I just think the more fucking complex we get and the more digitized and kind of metallic and there's a yearning in our dna isn't there mm. you know we, we 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 i think now more than ever we we do feel there's something calling us to even if it's just a i mean look what's happened in the lockdown people just out walking mm. just out walking like recreational walking i've joked about it on this podcast you can tell a recreational walker from a fucking I've got to get there Walker. Yeah. Oh,
1: without a doubt. You because know, there's more. more yeah. Advice, more yeah.
0: Of yeah. And then just like oh. there's a there's a leisurely pace, the mm. rhythm, there's no rush. Like Yeah, the, the mindset, the intention. I mean, you cannot come away from the, the importance of intent intention or whatever we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. words, the word cunt, Is that a terrible word? Well, it
1: that's is how you use it. Really, ha- yeah. It?
0: So that's my point. Bad analogy. But the point is, is intention on whatever it is we do is so crucial. Mm. And just something as simple as that. It just, in this lockdown, seeing people doing press-ups in the back garden, not necessarily driving to the gym and parking up and mm. big breath because it's gonna be full of people who are better at this than me and, yeah, oh God, here I go, you know. Mm. And like, one
1: of the reasons it stops people from doing that in the first place.
0: It, yeah, and this is kind of where I go, it's like full circle. Mm. We like fr- We like freeze ourselves, like culture, the mirror of ourselves in the in the bigger, sort of wider scheme of it all, kind of in one on the one hand we we, we take safety from it and kind of being part of the group and mm-hmm. the hive. And then on the other hand we kind of I don't know, we've we've Yeah, frozen ourselves in our tracks in many ways.
1: I mean I I said right at the beginning of all this, um the guy the guy who owns the studio that I work at. Um this could be a really important piece of self reflection for almost but our, obviously different periods, the whole world, but our period as it was coming into lockdown, the self reflection that's going to go on inside some people is going to be profound for them mm. because now you don't have to rush anywhere. I mean, obviously, there's people that do this, people that are doing oh, the key course. work in the field, so we really need them but We're doing
0: talking, it. this is a broad stroke of yeah. what's happened in this world at this point.
1: I, I do believe that this could be a massive game changer. For the way people operate in this world and I think um, people are starting to look at their health a little bit better with all this I mean whether that's we've got less money so maybe we should buy certain foods or maybe we should try different foods maybe we should all the different Mm. things that people are now applying because maybe there is a little bit less money maybe that we've now got the time to cook that meal that we always said we were going to cook, or do those things that we said, read that book that I said I was going to read and never got the chance to read it. All those things that are now being done.
0: As simple as fucking hell, to get to Asda's is a nightmare. It's massive queue, but the local butchers and the local grocers, that, do you know, we've lived here for eight years and I've never, and all mm. of a sudden you're chatting to your local butcher and you then you start learning about, oh, wow, and then... Mm. The, I mean, I've,
1: I never go see the butcher. Uh, I'm a vegan, oh, so. Okay. <laughs> so I don't see our butcher anymore. But uh, in the windmill shop in our village, I d- we did go there, but very, very rarely, because when you need all your tin stuff and your milk,
0: and yeah.
1: we have like uh, long life soy milk and things like that. Um, when you're getting all that stuff, it's easy to then get the veg while you're in Tesco. Of
0: course, yeah, and you do it all in one fell swoop. Exactly.
1: And what it showed at the very beginning of this lockdown was that those businesses might not be able to support the demand of the people. Mm. Not that. They can't because they obviously do a good job of doing it every day but when it comes to something like this you know when we saw people selling out of toilet roll um, I mean I it didn't even I don't watch the news or anything like that so I didn't see that they had gone this massive problem and then things were selling out and you were like oh. but then we went to some local places um, and they would have them mm. because people weren't running in there yeah to get it all to the same Automatic, area yeah. exactly so you've got I think this focus that people had on we can still see it a bit but more at the beginning of the lockdown was that people focused on who was gonna supply them and let's get it let's get it quick mm. because we're gonna be we're gonna be fucked in a bit mm. but when you realize actually things slowed back down again so there was this hype at the beginning and then it slowed back down and like you say everybody starts to visit the people that are closest to them because we not not only is it easier because of the amount of queues that you're gonna have to sit in
0: mm. the, you know, the whole rigmarole of it all
1: yeah I mean it's crazy it's I can understand it I mean I think my opinions on this whole thing are maybe not everyone's to everyone's taste but you can understand why people do it and why it's a massive thing because there's so many people that want to get in there but when you go into your local shop you would question whether or not we were in this crazy period in time because there's not that many people in there um they're pretty you know all right, you know, no issues. They're not wearing masks. They're not mm. all gloved up, and they're all not saying, "Please yeah. stay two meters apart." Yeah, I mean, cr- obviously, they want you to, but they're not telling you. Well, to there do isn't it.
0: that corporate pressure, and you know, there's a camera, and someone's going to get sued if we're not implementing exactly. the fucking blah, blah blah. And and that whole, you know, and we talked a little bit like this, Aiden, didn't we, on the last podcast about um, what's the term for what I was talking about behavior? I, I read a did a bad job of trying to recite behavioral sink. Behavioral sink. So. Um, Scale. This is something I keep coming back to. I'm kind of meditating on this thought as I keep coming back to like, where is this all heading? What does it mean? What are we doing? What is my part in it? I keep coming back to scale. You know, as you're pointing out there, Stu, like you're in your local shop. All of those same moral obligations apply, you know, we're all aware of this thing, you might be really scared and I'm not so scared or whatever it is, but Mm. we're all prepared to do what we need to do and make other people comfortable. And we're in the we're in the local shop. And we're all going to adhere. Yeah, there might be a sort of a a sign stuck up on a bit of A4 paper that's stuck up there isn't these kind of, you know, factory formed, bright Mm. colored signs on Mm. every, you know,
1: a little place for you to stand. Yeah,
0: but there's something in the smaller community, the smaller scale of it. we all adhere. We all uh, there's a bit, a better sense of community, a a, a, a more um, just clear feeling. I th- I feel like anyway, a cl- just a clearer sense of respect. Of ultimately, when you get the numbers start to multiply, there's a diminished responsibility that f- mm. that happens. We just mm. you know, you you go from that local shop, and there's eight of you in there, of which you see everybody all the time, and you get your you know your vegetables from Bob and Bob's in the you know and then you're in the queue in Asda's and now you're kind of like whoa okay there's lots of people here don't mm-hmm. know anybody got to get in got to get out maybe you feel threatened maybe some people are, are a doubt, yeah. you know like then all of a sudden we lose
1: it's, it's almost like the fear starts to seep in yes and I mean there's the this is a perfect example of it is so I was stood in the queue in Tesco's and you wait you turn you go in and you go, you go round, you kind of one-way system you've got and leaned over to you know like when you're kind of like oh oh shit yeah I'll grab that so you lean over to grab it and there's someone just there so they kind of look at you like like you're in my two meter space mm. and you're oh shit because it's just not natural it's not natural for you to act in that way you've completely forgot you're just grabbing mm. something that you needed yeah, yeah. completely fine you're not you know coughing on them or breathing on them or anything like that but then people are, are worried yes you know? I came across a lady today uh, when I was out and She was at one end of the aisle and I was at the other and we were looking in the directions. I needed something that was near her and she needed something that was near me. So it was kind of like this, she would just swap, quickly scoot past each other and I don't know if she expected that from me or whether she wanted me to go round or what, but she was like, oh my God. Well, because you can't get it
0: right Mm. either, can you?
1: And every shop's got a different rule.
0: Yeah. And you just, the (laughs) the one-way system and, um, have you got that up there? Is that up there? Is this the uh, study? Yeah, yeah. So this study, this behavioural um overcrowding, so the idea that, yeah, they did, they did it with the rats, look, 1958, 1962. Um, something about that, they the, the watched the rats. You'd do a much better job of explaining this than me, Aidan. But um, the more the, the rats' sense of community and togetherness was just absolutely... Perfect, then you multiply those numbers, double those numbers, and then you start to see splitting mm. off and grouping mm. and anxiety. I guess and this
1: is the nature of sociology, isn't yeah. it? And yeah,
0: I, and, I, and a lot of people will argue that it doesn't apply to humans, but I just, my feeling is, as we've talked, you know, you're searching for something, your art, your creativity, your wonder, your next book you want to read, whatever that is, I often get that, and, and I feel like is it not inevitable that when there's this many of us, mm. it just, we can't be intimately sort of engaged. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there I'm has enjoying. to be like a, like a, you have to have a, sh- a level of kind of distance just to stay in some kind of...
1: I know what you mean, but then when you come to these smaller communities, it's easier, I mean, as an example, we went into the, I went to get all the veg from the veg shop, and the lady in there, um, she, she had all colours in her hair. And so I was like, just reminded me louisa had asked me to get some tissue paper so the girls could have a little bit of you know when it bleeds out and goes into the hair yeah you know something a little bit crazy for them and uh went around and got it and then so i was paying for everything and she was like do you know what i've got some of these chalks left over at home come back tomorrow morning and i'll give you them for the girls now lovely you're not going to get that in tesco no you're just not going to get that no. treatment in tesco no. and it makes use we did shop there before but it was like i say because everything could be done at tesco all in one fell swoop yep um, and usually you've got the kids with you, but now you're going on your own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now it feels like a forced job. But when you go to the village, it's it's quite nice. Yeah, you know, it's a job, and then you've got an interaction like that.
0: and It's almost like it's part of the tribal mm. nature of being in that village, isn't it? Of you know, course, yeah. you go out and you 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 deal with the community, and you share and you swap mm. and you serve one another with different services. I fucking we you know Amazon's great. Stuff comes to the door. Mm. This is this. Yeah, how much quicker can it get
1: with Amazon, though? Well, you know, it's it's. Aren't smart. they talking Are about to like?
0: Aren't they talking about like? Well, they were talking about um, like you could literally get an hour click, like yeah. within an hour. I remember reading about that. Like,
1: do we, do we need something that quick? Is there anything you need that quick?
0: But this is the thing. This is where I came to with with Ollie in the last podcast, where I I, I just seem to I've, the couple of things that I've read this year, Sapiens, and um, I've just started a Carl Young. Memories, dreams, and reflections. Actually, mm. to try and give me some kind of balance back, because the couple of books that I read, *Sapiens* and um, *Civilized to Death*, were kind of at least left me feeling like this this kind of diminished diminished responsibility and scale thing. Mm. Is kind of my dilemma of of how do we get past like our ingenuity and our evolution and our technological evolution because. You're creative and you want to know what you can do next now mm. it might be in a in a in an artistic form and in a drawing form, or it might be in turning this this vaporizer into a fucking god knows what as well mm. you know, and like our ingenuity seems to not know when to stop and with that comes this whole just tidal wave of of speedy just change as mm. you mentioned it changes mm. we fear change. This big change that's happening in our culture, like down the middle, technologically, and ultimately, that generally means um, convenience, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, I mean, which is but lovely, but it's, it co- not. it's it costing is... us hugely yeah, somewhere. It's, it's lovely, but is it not meant to be that way though? Exactly. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's lovely that you can get something the next day in delivery, mm. and if you're gonna, like, say, I don't know, say if you're on a project, uh, like my wife, she builds dolls houses. Um, she needed PVA glue. Run out. Click. Have it an hour later. You don't have to. You can have a break and go back to what you were doing. That's mm. great. Mm. But like you say, at what cost does that come? Yeah. You know, this kind of level of what do we? What's going to deliver it in an hour? Is mm. it going to be a person? Or is it going to be a fucking drone that comes and flies in and drops it off on your doorstep? not still? long before it's that, is it? And exactly. Nice. And then once that's in place. It's like almost like here's convenience, but alongside convenience is going to be some, called something else. There's going to be all these well little, is, small, is. low flying.
0: All, all your shit's in the phone, and you're you we're we're all mapped, and yeah.
1: And all of a sudden, <laughs> you've got everything at the touch of your fingertips. Mm. But that's not the nature of how humans work. Things need to be worked for. You know, and this is why when when it comes to finance, you can get everything straight away there is not so much pride in what you've done to get there if you've had to if you've had everything handed to you mm-hmm. i mean and people can talk about people that get left money and whether they actually um what's the word they kind of um they have this they un- an understanding of money and what the things that they are doing cost we can argue that some some may and some probably don't but when you have to earn that money when you have to go out and Earn it with you know everything that you've got. You've got to use your hands to create to that someone's going to want it. Like you know, with, with me, we've been told oh, somebody wants that. They see how good mm. you've done it. Yes, I want one of them, and then you have to create it for them. And it
0: is craft. The whole yeah. thing is, I guess, really, it is what this conversation has kind of arced back to. I mean, we've gone here, there, and everywhere, but like the meaning, the depth mm. of something to earn something because then it means something and when yeah. it means something you'll treasure it more you'll you'll be more grateful. Mm. It will you it will travel to the next person with something. Yeah, something more and solid about intentions. It. Yes, behind it. and, intentions. and
1: the, the actual the effort that's that say for instance, if you used to create something like this little piece, if it's mm. hand carved, the value of it's so high. But if it's machine carved in China, say, mm-hmm. It doesn't have as much value to it because the machine's pumping out ten to a dozen. But then you've got a a one-of-a-kind thing that somebody's created. The power that, Mm. the power in that, the amount of time they may have taken to do it, it was worth waiting for, Mm. you know, because there's only one of them. Mm. Sometimes things are just worth waiting for. Isn't that
0: the fucking dichotomy of 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 where we are, of of our ability now and our brilliance in just creating Mm. at the speed of light, literally? But there's this yearning that is clear now. And especially, I think, in our generations, you know, where we've got young children and we're seeing the speed that they're changing at. You know, they don't have textbooks even mm. a lot of the time now, things like that. It's so quickly it's happening. And that seems to be pretty universally in my, little, in my little world, whether we can articulate it to one another or not, it feels like underneath there's a bubbling for like, fuck, we need something meaningful
1: yeah tactile like a tangible
0: and i think you might have nailed it Stuart, mm. with with this this lockdown this this thing giving us even without us knowing it i mean i know i've paid a lot of attention because probably like you i do wonder all the time about what does it mean you know and i'll try and take those moments i'll try and be present and watch myself in a moment however mundane you know mm the kids growing to up to gain s- that awareness yeah. over yourself the yeah. kids are growing up so quickly, I'll just stop sometimes and just it might be something is it might trigger me something as little as one of them might just say, Daddy, Daddy, look what I've done, mm. you know, and I might be busy and then I'll stop right, and look what's done and then, I'll, and then I'll kind of zoom out at that moment and go, Wow, he's six, mm-hmm. showing me the first time he's ever tried to draw whatever it may be. Mm. And I've got good at now like, catching myself in those moments a bit, I think I've learned this from the tank probably for me. I mean, I've tried to meditate and I I have spells of meditating and mm. I can do it now. Because the art is, is you don't do it. You just
1: Yeah, that's I think that's the that's the thing with meditation. A lot of people say that. Um, I can't really do it. But there is nothing to do.
0: We well, I think we all sit there and we get uptight about yeah. right, okay, and you've got to look like you know, and, and actually, for me, the tanks massive, because I just drift off,
1: you completely switch off
0: in there and have done for a long long time so I use I use so a much.
1: specific method in meditation no, it's not a method it's just you know so people can have their hands in all different positions yep. but when I'm sat meditating on my own I think the one thing that makes me gain awareness the most is like put your thumbs together mm-hmm. because if it's if you feel it hard pushing you know that you're too tense about something oh, and if okay. it's too light you're not you're letting go so it's about the constant awareness so if you can feel the touch that's good You feel you're pushing.
0: Where did you pick that up from? Can't even remember. I can't even
1: remember where that came from. But now I use it so I kinda will sit like that. And as soon as I feel it drifting, it means that okay, I'm losing something. I'm like am I falling asleep? Am I just lost in thought? Mm -hmm. And then the other one is too tense. Is it something's I'm clearly on that thought. Mm. There's emotion attached behind it Mm. and I'm attacking myself for it. Mm. Relax. And it gives me the most amount of awareness because I believe that that awareness that you were talking about is the most important thing because mm. I still catch myself doing it now. And I think that's the most important thing is to, is bringing that awareness quicker to the point where you can be aware all the time. Because although we think we are, we're not. Oh, God, no. Because I, I catch myself in moments of frustration with the children. They've done something, they're arguing about something, and you're just like,
0: ooh. Yeah.
1: And you shout, and you know, there's a little argument on, ensues, mm. and then you realise, oh, yeah, maybe I should have reacted a little bit better than that. So bringing that awareness is is so important, mm. and I think for me, meditation has been that one key that you know they say the tanks as well mm. that bring it closer to being at the point where, it, for instance, in anger, people say I saw red, and then I, then that was it. I was an hour later, I realised what I'd done, or two days later. Yeah, we've got to bring that to here. No, that's
0: a nice analogy because that's kind of I think we can all recognise that one. We've mm. all had that that red and that, that and we know that we've. We we absolutely can st- sit back and watch that version of ourselves and go, oh fuck, man, yeah, that was. But actually, again, in the in the everyday grinding of life, getting mm. to the job and making sure the ironing's done, and you know, shit, the gas bill just landed right on sort exactly. of like it's so difficult. And then then you get daddy, daddy, and like, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, I'm so pleased that I've started to pull that out, especially with the kids, because as it's already proven, they come and go so fast.
1: You know, yeah. you, you get those moments where you just look at them and go. I had like,
0: like one tonight now? in here. Yeah, I had one in here tonight. As you know, we, when you got yesterday, we was messing about with bits and stuff, getting started. And the oldest one came in. He's six now, and uh, he wanted me to do his face as the Hulk. He's got his Hulk suit on and kind of paint him as the Hulk. I said, nice. okay, I can. But he said, I don't want my eyes doing, Daddy. Just, just do the bottom. Okay, so we do the bottom. And as i he's standing there. It keeps like because I'm gonna. Yeah. Be, he's like I said, like no, just relax, darling, just relax. And we do a bit of meditating at night. So some nights, the boys think that the, the the boys think that they've got a little bit of a, a pull on me, right? I like to think I've got one on them. Mm-hmm. So I introduce them to, to things all the time, and I explain to them whatever it might be. We went through a stage of watching just to give you a bit of backstory on one, about to tell you, so it might be like we're watching rock films. Okay, so watch Jumanji and they That's, love Jumanji mm. and they love The Rock because he's big and he's strong and he's saving people and he's kind and all these things. So we, I sort of find the best sort of inroads to The Rock to give him. Mm. And I'm like, you know, he does training and he's always training. And he eats mm. his vegetables, you know, when you're eating your broccoli. I said, you Whoa. can't get like out without you doing it. You can't, yeah. And, and even brushing his teeth daddy why is the rock's teeth why are your teeth yellow and the rock's teeth white (laughs) I said well because the rock brushes his teeth every day three times a day probably and anyway I I managed to get you know whatever they love we just find a way of exploring it with them Mm. and just coaxing out the things that we can use to sort of go exactly move in that direction so when we've been going to bed at night a couple of times I said to him well do you want to meditate because we went through a Bruce Lee stage right nice yeah (laughs) Anyway, so we meditate, and we lived in Thailand, and they know the Buddha, and it's been part of our life, so they're aware of it. But I sort of said, look, you know, and uh, they now cottoned onto that, thinking that it's kind of, you know, it keeps me in the room. So when I've read to them, and I'll cuddle with them, and it's nice. who wants to cuddle first, yeah, and that yeah. whole game. All right, Daddy, see in the morning, uh, uh, and then they'll think meditate daddy we haven't meditated yet and it's like it keeps me there you see yeah. so okay okay if you want to I'm going to
1: take that trick because yeah. I've been trying to get my kids to meditate so I say try and get them to do it with me yeah. and I don't think necessarily think kids need it because their awareness is a lot higher than as yeah. adults they haven't got that whole lifetime of mm-hmm. the bullshit that comes with growing up mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely going to use that because when I do it they're like oh.
0: I've oh. found that to be a really cool way because mm. it's nighttime anyway and I've always you know I read Matthew Walker's book earlier this year as well. Why do we sleep? And the whole—I'm probably on a similar thing with that you are—is like just certain things come into consciousness, and I sort of ruminate on them and try Mm. and bring them in and take something from it and move it through. But I'll move it through with the children as well. So when we sit there, I would only do something like ten breaths of them, but Mm. you know, would sit straight, you know, and I'd explain, you know, we just sit nice and comfortable, and and I have been telling them actually to to sit, you know, sit with their back straight. I have been saying that to them you know sit up nice and straight and and i said all we're going to do is just 10 breaths because when you when you lay down what we'll do we'll do 10 big breaths and then when you lay down all of that blood it will all be rushing around your body and it will just go to all your organs and that's when you're going to grow tonight and when you've got all of that oxygen oxygen in your blood that's when your muscles are going to get fed and you're going to get strongest you're going to be and i said and your dreams will be and so we do these 10 breaths and and they do. They they are good at doing it now. And then at the end, they be like Namaste, Daddy, Namaste. You see, and we And then sometimes, if they have done a really good job, they will say, Oh, Daddy, I, I can see like purple, purple and gold. And mm-hmm. half the time, they obviously can't. But we've we've talked about the colours and can you feel a tingle in your fingers? Because mm-hmm. sometimes they've gotten to a point where they've done big breaths, mm-hmm. you know. And they have actually literally gone like, Oh, like he's laid in his bed and he feels a bit funny. He's a bit giggly.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's power in breath.
0: So yeah when amazing.
1: Um, I do yoga and I practice um, pranayama with a yoga teacher and I'm trying to do a bit on my own mm-hmm. um, specifically like um, a method called Kriya, um, or um, all these kind of Indian terms that they give when you because she's a proper like um, Hindu philosophy based oh, wow. Kundalini Tantra yoga teacher so it's not like yoga at the gym
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so she uses all the Sanskrit names which I can never remember so hard to say and as well as all the teachers that have come in the past to remember their names is really difficult but uh, these breathing techniques can be so powerful because you do them before and then you have this kind of practice of yoga and then you have a meditation afterwards and the meditation is always more powerful after all these breath works you and then moving your body, your body yeah, yeah exactly So there's some power in it and I know Wim Hof talks about it a lot as well yes. it's, it's building your immune system with your breath mm. you know he even talks about releasing DMT through you know, um, that's a whole other
0: podcast. I think do that one. Yeah,
1: definitely. There's um, that's some crazy subject that one. Um, <laughs> but there's so much in it, and it's just breathing. Mm. And it's the it's the whole all about awareness, like you said. There is no awareness to our breath. Mm. So when you walk about your day and you're doing all the things that you're doing, and you're not aware of your breath or, whatsoever, so I think um, my yoga teacher says that you have a they say in Hindu philosophy, you have a certain amount of breaths. And when you are anxious, when you're fearful or anything like that, they speed up. Or when you're in a situation that's got you a little bit mm-hmm. fight or flight, it all starts speeding up. When you start slowing it down, what you're doing is you're ex- you're allowing those you know amount of breaths to last as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. So the more you live in without awareness, wow, yeah. the shorter your life is. Yeah. So they say we should be living to about 120 in... Hindu philosophy Um, but we don't because we quicken these we have these steps where we just just fucking stress yeah outside. because we're not aware as soon as you become aware and this is one of the most profound things about some of these teachings is that when you're aware nothing you have no disdain for anything you're enjoying the washing up yeah because you're completely aware of it yeah and when you're, yeah, aware, you're just not yeah there's, there's no there's like, no time goodness. and energy
0: or even exactly. space for you are just completely aware
1: and that's all that exists
0: well it's funny because the boy was stood here, and he wanted his face painting. And the long way round of me getting to that was the meditating thing. I said, "Look," oh, and he was crunching his face up, and he was like trying to do all the right things. All he had to do was stand there. Mm. I said, "Well, tell you what, just concentrate on your breath, like you mm. do when you're doing your meditating." So then he starts going <laughs> <laughs> like, like trying to follow his face. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm <laughs> like, no, no, no! I don't, I'm not thinking, shit, bless him. I said, no, not not the really deep ones. I said, just concentrate on it. You know, just think about it. Think about it like a wave, you know, just coming in and coming out. So then he was like, but then he started moving back and forth like that. And I said, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, just don't think about anything. Just breathe. And then he just stood there and he just did it. But like, I hope that, you know, as I sit with my kids of an evening, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm trying to, like any dad or any parent, just trying to. Put things there. There's a guitar in the bedroom. There's a piano mm. in the You know, things that we love, we want to share, and we hope that they'll love or they'll show Just an interest or whatever. And I thought that with that meditating, and I thought, you know what? Uh, and and that, I, like I say, it they now see it as like it's kind of a, like an extra five minutes with dad. Mm. That's great, but they love doing it. Mm. And I and and as you say, their awareness is through the roof anyway. But what I like to think, my kind of philosophy with it is, is that it's. Laying some foundations for that space in their heads, do you know mm, what I mean definitely. like as a concept per se, of course,
1: because they don't also they don't learn by what we tell them to do, they learn from what we do, yes, yeah, by seeing them exactly, mm-hmm. and when you're when you become aware of things like that, and then you always have to catch yourself thinking, ah. you know, like for instance, if I'm sat on my phone and my I know my nine year old daughter wants a phone, you know, but we've said it's too early, you know At secondary school, you can have one, or well i actually I've given a... She'll she'll like this. Um, <laughs> she has 10 books. 10 books that I give her to read. And it's £10 a book. It was £100 at the end of it. And then that should buy you a phone. Wow. And so she's like, she'll come to me every now and again with this book. I didn't choose that one. So she's trying to get there. But where I was going with this is yeah. that um, I can be sat there on it. And sometimes I catch myself, you know, just doing the thing that we yes, all do, flicking through yeah. it. And then... You know when i say you know you can't have a phone because you're too young you know when you've got your ipad that's fine you can go on that but if you're on that for too long and then she'll question me and say no, you're on
0: yours. <laughs> yeah and you're like of course oh,
1: now what do i say what do yeah. i say well, uh, i'm an adult i'm Are sending you, an email yeah i'm using it for work <laughs> and then the fact that you're having to explain it means that you're not leading by example yeah and being aware kind of doesn't make you feel like shit, but makes you think like. Maybe I need to be a bit more, you know, if I'm going to teach them to do something, maybe I just need to be a little bit more aware of what I'm doing, not necessarily just around them, but in general. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as we can learn, because that was one of the most difficult things was having kids in a period where you'd start to try and gain more awareness Mm -hmm. that you now have to almost parent yourself as well as your parenting them, Mm -hmm. which becomes a, a task of, you know. Parenting a 33-year-old child.
0: So how how have you found the lockdown then with the kids and and obviously with work? So you, do you work from home? Are you working in a studio? How how so, do you do it then? And
1: at the minute, I'm working in Sleaford, um, uh, a studio. Um, it's called Hazard's Parlor. Um, we it's an absolute great studio, full of great characters, mm-hmm. really great artists. So I'm there most of the time. So my time is taken up by being there, usually an eight-hour tattoo mm-hmm. per day. You know, you've got maybe an hour either side of it, getting there, having a coffee, setting mm. up, mm-hmm. cleaning down, et cetera, et cetera. That's all been taken away. Mm. So I absolutely adore spending time with my kids. There was this kind of, at the beginning, like, I'm going to really enjoy this level of introspection. I'm going to get back on top of my meditation game. I'm going to get some more books read. But all this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to spend a bit time, more time with Louisa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend more time with the kids, try and reconnect because, you know, the fact that, out of the house all the time It's what, one of the things that really got me is well they say when the kids say well you're never here because i'm always at work and that mm. always makes me feel a bit oh, i should be here more i should i should be working to live not living to work yeah and yeah so at first i was like oh, this is gonna be great it's absolutely great and we did lots of stuff we did lots of schoolwork we tried to i think wrongly we tried to really get them into the schoolwork like it was a school day yeah and then i think when well, it lasted about a day or two but mm. we were like
0: squeezing we're it not built bit. to be yeah. teachers yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> even though you're a parent and almost like a constant teacher you're not built to be of course a tutor
0: yeah
1: so we're kind of like knocked it on the head a bit and we're just doing bits we're not doing anything this is a time of confusion for everybody we're not going to start saying, i think that's a, ha- Jesus, that's Jesus a healthy
0: coming. a healthy vibe i think
1: i mean i think w- we've we've seen a lot you know this is one of the things that social media does is it allows you to see what other people are doing they only mm. obviously share the best bits mm. so you get to see people that are clearly doing a very good job with it mm. and this is one thing that me and my wife have been talking about a lot is that we don't necessarily believe that this is a period for kids to be learning things that when you leave school you realise you didn't need half the shit that you learned. Yes. So how we don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't necessarily think it's a time for them to be learning that stuff. Let's
0: teach them about tax. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Look, this is how you get a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. But, um,
1: so we've done. We've been doing a lot of art-based stuff. Yeah, because my missus is quite creative. She likes to build dolls houses, um, although she hasn't had the equipment to do it in this lockdown, which has mm. been a bit crazy for her. So mm. she's maybe been a bit less creative than she wanted to be. Um, but lots of painting with the kids, lots of drawing, trying to get them to. We've also binge watched uh, like Avatar, The Last Airbender with the kids. Absolutely right. love that. Yeah, um, it's doing the things that you just get to. Even now, just sitting on the sofa with them. Yeah, just doing nothing. That, exactly, it's yeah. something that is so enjoyable. But then this at the back of your mind there's this thing like okay money is dwindling mm. you know that little little money monkey on the back mm. of your back He's of your done. mind going you've got to get back
0: out he doesn't go away does he
1: and naturally being the job that i do we are last on the list we gotcha. are absolutely last on the list because i can't human
0: contacts in its fullest yeah, isn't yeah.
1: It? i mean i'm literally minus you know, I'm inside somebody basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only prostitutes I think that do it yeah uh, closer contact. Yeah. But um so we're last on the list to go back. Mm. And then, you know, money is going down, so I'm gonna have to find a new way. The way my business is built, I can't claim a self employed thing, so I'm gonna have to go out and get a job.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm gonna get a job in the in the meantime, just to bring some cash in, but then it's one of those things where it's like, actually, To kind of have the level of money that I had before I'm gonna have to work more than I was working before in this period Mm. which was a difficult thing because you know I got offered the job today and it's working with plants which is like a hobby of mine I like to get in the garden and and grow plants absolutely grow all Mm. sorts Mm. and I just thought that's gonna be great it's gonna be wicked I can't wait to do that but then I thought well, the amount of time that I've got to put in it's gonna take away from this period that this lockdown we're never going to get it back mm. i mean unless they they say there's a second phase and you're going to have to go lockdown down again
0: i think we'll be, i've got a sneak well it's not a sneaky feeling i just can't help but think that this is the start of a new world <laughs> i think we're going to be mm,
1: yeah, yeah i keep hearing the the term the, the new normal which is difficult as a social being to to say well, hang
0: on i mean it doesn't seem real I just still can't get my head around it.
1: Like you woke up one morning and you're in an alternate reality where things are different. Like you've got friends that you don't know whether to... Mm. Hang on, do I...
0: Yeah. Are you cool? Are we... Can we... Yeah. yeah. What's what's going on? upsetting somebody? Is someone, you know, offended? Oh, there's someone watching. You know, I
1: mean, I read somewhere on um, one of the social medias, someone in the Tattooist community had said, they'd seen that tattooists, some ad- tattooists were advertising to do tattoos, which would clearly void your license, you know, it's not, not worth doing. <laughs> um and then someone had commented on it saying, uh, oh, like dub them in basically. And it was like, Well, yeah, you could do that. But then I mean what's what's the point in that? And then this person had also said, I dubbed in my neighbours for having a barbecue. I just oh, thought man.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just a weird energy that you're putting into the world i think
1: there's been moments in history where there have been things like that where people have been asked to do things like that you know yeah.
0: and that, how far does it go that side's totally yeah I, I really i mean luckily touch wood around where we are now um people have been pretty cool and there's a definite feeling that i guess coming back to that village mentality of like we're all kind of aware subconsciously of this thing where maybe our instincts are telling us a bit Mm. different, but we're respecting one another and different boundaries and things, you know. As well
1: as the the guidelines aren't there just, well, at least we can hope they're not there for bullshit reasons, but we can hope that they are there to protect us, Mm. you know. So there is a level of adherence which is needed, Mm. but I also think there's gonna be a massive issues as a result of it, Mm. so we don't need to be, 100% 100% take measures out making sure that you are that level of distance apart and that you do make sure if your neighbours have a barbecue lean over and say look I'm gonna have to tell someone about this.
0: Give us a sausage and I'll keep yeah. it to myself.
1: <laughs> it's just a crazy world and, I, and I'm half the time uh, you know we sit back and I'll talk to the missus we sit in the conservatory and we'll be like what's, what's just do we, we just want to go back to normal but then you think can it ever
0: I watched an episode of The Midnight Gospel, Duncan Trussell. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I've
1: seen a clip of it and not watched oh,
0: it. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, having met you and talked to you tonight, Stuart, with those existential kind of questions and wonderings, I mean, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, the art's fantastic. And I think, I want to say, that they've taken, like, chunks of the dialogue from his podcast, from the Duncan Trussell Family he's hour? On
1: the Joe Rogan podcast a bit, he, anyway. he goes
0: on there a bit, yeah, but his podcast I think I don't know how aware of Duncan you are, but I think you'd really enjoy him. He's very, very spiritually inclined and very deep, has very meaningful questions and a beautiful lexicon and uh, an ability to communicate ideas mm-hmm. and but he's kind of got that he's, there's a bit of that I think he's from Ohio. And there's a bit of that kind of old school American stoner mm. in him, which is, is, is comedy is fantastic. But that 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 Midnight Gospel, I've got some artwork coming for in the studio, actually. Watch an episode of that. Alec, my wife, Alex, and I, we we were having a, the chat of like fucking, every now and again, just coming over us like, mm. what the fuck's going on? You know, like those moments when it's like, mm. what is really fucking going on right now? And we watched an episode of, of that. And it's just <laughs> fucking in mind boggling mm. he puts his head in the like the vaginal um you know transporter where he shoots off to a different planet
1: i think that might have been what the clip that i saw and, and he's just a bit like Whoa. you know
0: simulator is and he and he just picks an avatar and he goes to a place but i'm, I'm i am I want to say that they're taking chunks from his podcast which is kind of like the main dialogue of when he gets somewhere and, and the animation and this whole kind of play out is happening around this long kind of dark dialogue and then they've, they've dressed it with... I, I, I want to say that. I might be wrong. We'll have to check that. I don't know, Aiden. Um, but what a powerful show. Mm. I mean, for these kinds of questions and this kind... And if you're, you know, psychedelically inclined in the art and the, the, the ideas that he's posing, like life and death and meaning and connections and stuff. I think
1: just from listening to the, very, the way you've described it then is... So he is, at some point, and he chooses an avatar... To enter into a certain reality. Yes, I think there's a massive metaphor in, in that one. Not even necessarily a metaphor, like you know that kind of mm. there's there's consciousness
0: mm.
1: and then enters mm. a being, and mm. you are that consciousness. And every avatar he enters, he's also all of them, but ultimately he's the consciousness. You've nailed it, you.
0: I think you're gonna to look. Powerful. I think you're gonna love this show. Mm. And, and, and it's beautiful as well from an artist's point of view. It really is beautiful and so clever. The mm. humor's clever. But though, the, uh, like I say, I might be wrong, but I'm sure it takes chunks of the podcast because that 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 kind of dialogue mm. is just so in the moment that I think it'd be very difficult for them to kind of recreate that all the time and just write it out. And the the the, the play out of the of the art and the journey of whatever the episode is and, and the avatar that he's gone into is just and then boom, and then he bolts back, you know, and he's back in his little sort of. I guess like Ready Player One kind of style did you see Ready Player One She's in like a sort of a broken down caravan situation but got all the gadgets and all the weird you know and it's just like super psychedelic
1: cartoon like um, uh, what's that with the the Finn and Jake
0: oh um, is it Rick and Morty Venture Time oh Venture Time I don't Mm. know if I've seen that
1: I've not really seen much of Rick and Morty a lot of people say to me there's some ideas in there that you're going to love it
0: I've seen bits, but I've never got on it. Mm. But this this mid, because of Duncan, I just, I wanted to just check it out because I had an inkling that he's asking these questions, he's mm. wondering these things, you know, and it Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, my, my wife and I literally just had one of those moments the other night where we were like, this is nice and stuff. This is lovely being with the kids. And but like, sometimes when you really stop and think about it, it's really scary you know and what's it going to mean and what does it look like and then you know like i say the conversation about we're going to send the school back and she said to me you know what do you think and i'm like kids are going to be all you know like like they're in a little Strange kind of hospital situation mm. where everyone's got a bit. At five and six years old, the brain's education's
1: to, already enough. Kind of like <laughs> level of indoctrination. Yes, that you don't want to instill this kind of like idea. Well, this is how we're gonna have to act for the rest because of your. Because you're life.
0: imprinting them at that point, yeah. Like with behaviour patterns that they're gonna take into th- further growth and development. You know, like that's. That, I find that yeah, that's a scary one. I think
1: yeah, the, especially the ages they want to send back. It, it seems like. I mean um Jesse has had a position at school the whole time uh, because of his special needs, um but he wouldn't be able to have his one on one carer, which he's got at school um which was for them it, it was pointless the girls are at home anyway, so mm-hmm. you might as well just keep him at home that he would be the only one going back and that whole dynamic froze everything, yeah, I mean, yes, he definitely needs it and more for the social nurse and because he's not getting an- he's not going to get an academic thing out of this out of school it's not going to be no. I mean we can hope that this tends to be one of those things that just is more prevalent when he's young mm-hmm. and it will just be um because our views we remember the we had to fill in a, a form to basically to say what our projection of the future is with Jesse and it's starting to change now which is really nice Um because he's a quirky little character says so some hilarious things and um we've now started to change that so we don't think that he is going to be academically inclined so school's not really going to be anything but a good social mm-hmm. experiment for him mm-hmm. basically to allow him to deal with different people mm-hmm. um because he can be quite closed to a lot of people so you know when you're saying it's time to go he'll either not want to go mm-hmm. or he'll get straight in the car and yeah. he won't say bye to anybody or just you know he will be gone got you um s- for the girls we can't really send him and not them because Mm. they're the ones who are actually missing the socialness and Mm. a little level of
0: Mm. maybe they are missing a little bit of order. Yeah, of course. And the challenge of, you know, doing stuff and nice neat borders and, you know, just, yeah. But it it seems like
1: I would rather experiment with myself, send me back into the world. Mm -hmm. If this is a massive deal, I'll deal with it and then bring the information home rather than using the kids to go back before I go back to work. Yeah, I think that's wise, yeah. That seems like, well, let's use them first. And that seems like, uh, you know, like the Gurkhas in the army, we're yeah. like cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we really want yeah. to? But my opinion is that this is nothing to worry about anyway. You know, right. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical practitioner or anything like that. But I, th- I personally believe that...
0: Something we move through.
1: 99% of us are going to be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. There are other people that need protecting and we should put in place things to protect them. mm mm-hmm. But then the rest of the world should be able to just mould, not necessarily close, mould around what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but who really knows? I'm not in a position to make those rules, so mm-hmm. I don't really often go into them because you said it. Of. You said it early. You said it
0: earlier. You know, you've got to let it all come over you. And I think you've you've, you've exhibited that whole attitude tonight. And and I listen. This has been amazing, and thank you for well, coming thank and you. doing it.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Thank you for listening to Chew the Chat podcast. Thank you to, for listening to for Chew the Cat podcast. Chew the cat. I, I want no. to say my own. Words. Go on then. Oh. Very angry. Ah. Well, there you go. I told you it was um. He's a really introspective and thoughtful gentleman is Stuart and uh, really enjoyed meeting him and like I say in the intro it came around so quickly you know that he's like we chatted briefly and some messages on Instagram and then before you know it he's at the studio door and we kind of straight into it and it was like wow so I was a little bit kind of um yeah I felt a bit I guess because I'd done a couple of podcasts with you know some of my best friends in the lead up to this one. So I was kind of like, oh wow, yeah, I've got to find my feet again. So I'm new to this game, but Stuart was lovely and he was just really thoughtful and considered and yeah, great guest and loved having him. And like I say, I think we'll try and get, get him back with maybe Kieran together and we can probably go deep on some geeky ritual bits and bobs and you know, the likes of Terence McKenna and Alan Watts and all those things that I think we're all sort of, yeah, a bit geeky about. So it Was awesome, um, really, really, yeah, left me with some reflection and um, following Stuart's tattoo stuff and on, on you know, Instagram. I can you can find him on Instagram if you if you search um, tattoo by Stuart Tasker on Instagram, and I'll link him in obviously, but you find him on there, you can look some, some of his stuff. I mean, he's got some. I mean he's got a really wide range of ability he does lots of things but yeah some of the stuff on there is really really cool really really introspective and some deep meaningful tattoos on there and I think he must sort of I mean he said in the podcast didn't he I think a couple of times there with people the kind of you know set ritual set intentions set you know like a almost like a like a yeah, like a, literally setting like an old ritual with somebody and setting intentions and creating an energy and then taking that energy into the tattoo and wow yeah I mean that's meaningful stuff so yeah awesome guest loved it thank you to podcast uh, sponsors who bring us to you lincolncryolab co uk and go deep flotation com without whom we couldn't do any of this so thank you very much and anchor for having us and continuing to um yeah provide opportunities for little podcasts thank you everybody who sent us lovely messages <clears throat> we've got some some nice messages from new listeners who um couple that were like people up early in the morning early doors during this pandemic and trying to get out and do exercise and running and yeah, said some really nice things, you know, got got to the chat podcast on. If you're not listening to this, then, you know, you're missing out. This is a really, you know, really inspired me. I'm out running and bits and bobs. And it's just mind blowing. It's awesome and uh, really encouraging. And I really appreciate that. So thank you to everybody there. Jump on the socials, you can find us chew the chat, just Google it. And yeah, join us on Instagram and Facebook and certainly YouTube and someone see some of these videos and leave a comment. Tell us who you are. Tell us how you are. Be cool. Okay, guys, Um, Pod Bible, thank you, as ever. We'll be updating you with that soon. We've got an episode coming out with those guys on their podcast and we'll have a new magazine issue out, which I will link to everybody. So, yeah. Take care of everybody. Next week, Dave McGregor, Wild Camping episode. It's a good one. It's an atmospheric one. We've got some music by Black Hawk in that, so I'll link everything in. But in the meantime, guys, I'm off Wild Camping. I'm disconnecting. I'm off in the cryo. I might do a little biog post in in the Instagram, so keep your eyes peeled. But more importantly, take care of one another, take care of yourselves, and we will see you again soon. Peace.